Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about mast years in trees. Then, you'll learn about surprisingly smart animals and how they can use tools from adventurer and filmmaker Casey Anderson. Let's satisfy some curiosity. If you have oak trees in your neighborhood, maybe you've noticed that some years the ground is carpeted with their acorns, while other years there are hardly any. Biologists call this pattern masting, and many other types of trees show similar synchronization in seed production. The question is, why and how do trees do it? Is it cued by the weather, or are the trees talking to each other? Whatever the answer, we can't help but be amazed at the ingenious strategies devised by nature. Let's first consider why. If trees coordinate their seed production, seed-eating animals and insects are likely to get full before they eat all the seeds produced in a mast year, which leaves the rest to sprout. Also, squirrels will bury more of the seeds instead of eating them immediately, thereby spreading oaks across the landscape. But how do trees synchronize their seed production to get these benefits? Well, first, producing a big crop of seeds takes a lot of energy. So trees may need to skip years in order to focus on growing or replenishing their stored starches. Weather conditions, obviously, are also important, especially spring weather. A cold snap that freezes the flowers of the tree means the tree can't produce many seeds the following fall. A drought during the summer could also kill developing seeds. Trees will often shut the pores in their leaves to save water, which reduces their ability to take in carbon dioxide for photosynthesis. Because all the trees within a local area are experiencing essentially the same weather, these environmental cues can help coordinate their seed production, acting like a reset button they've all pushed at the same time. A third intriguing possibility that researchers are still investigating is that trees are talking to each other via chemical signals. Scientists know that when a plant is damaged by insects, it often releases chemicals into the air that signal to its other branches and to neighboring plants that they should turn on their defenses. Similar signals could potentially help trees coordinate seed production. So the next time you take an autumn walk, take a moment to pause under your local oak tree. You might just see evidence of this amazing process. Today's episode is sponsored by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash, people could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Many people are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all, is it? And get this, from 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. The truth is, driving while high is deadly. So stop kidding yourself. If you're impaired from alcohol or drugs, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. If you're like me, you probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about grizzly bears. But it turns out grizzly bears are really smart, and the stuff they can do is really cool. So today we have a guest who knows a lot about grizzlies, and he's going to help you get as excited about this animal as you probably should be. Casey Anderson is a naturalist, adventurer, and filmmaker who's been featured on everything from late-night talk shows to nature channels. Here's our conversation with Casey. Your background is super cool because you have 25 years of experience and you've lived with bears nearly your entire life. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Being everything from, you know, growing up in Montana, just having bears in the wild as neighbors to starting a grizzly bear sanctuary and raising 
grizzly bear cubs to adulthood and then i'm a wildlife filmmaker most of the time so i spend a great deal of time out in the wild just filming bears in their natural habitat in different parts of the world why grizzly bears specifically like what what hooked you and made you decide like i'm gonna i'm just gonna really dig into to grizzly bears of all animals you know, as I started to just kind of pay attention to grizzly bears and watch them and observe them, there's just something about them that makes, they're just different. You know, they are very thoughtful and obviously intelligent. They display some sort of emotion. They have aspects of them that remind me of people. So, you know, I think that they're an animal that was pretty obviously you know, more dynamic than we give them credit to be. So I knew there was a lot more to learn from them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're truly a sentient being. So, yeah, I was that curiosity to just to learn more really is kind of you know, give me a mission to try to find out more. Well, what's something that would surprise someone about bears that you've learned that a lot of people don't know? Well, yeah, actually, one thing relatively recently, tool use. So, you know, tool use is something we like may expect from another primate, but we've done some tests or you know, kind of experiments with bears uh, where they would basically do some. Real basic reasoning, but utilize the tools. And then the example is, you know, let's just say you have a eight-foot-tall bear when it stands up on its hind legs, and you hang something, a food reward for it, 10 feet high. And then within that space, you give them a three-foot-high block that they could stand up on. And you don't put it anywhere near where that food reward would be. And you let the bear basically go over, try to get the food reward, kind of go, okay, I can't get to it, I can't reach it, and then look around and go, how can I make this happen? And then going over and grabbing a log and rolling it over and then literally putting it right below this food reward and then standing up on top of it and reaching up to grab the, the food. So there's obviously a more complex kind of thought process going on within the bear than uh, most animals. And, yeah, I think that most people would never even believe that a bear is thinking that deeply. So are you saying that if a bear raids my campsite, it might be able to use a can opener to open my canned goods? <laughs> it, was, it would do whatever it could to open that can. I can tell you that. I've seen that before. Um, it's funny, and I always call the grizzly bear the na- nature's can opener because um, they basically can get into anything. And a lot of other animals actually depend on that. You know, since you've uh, kind of given me that segue and we're going to go off on a tangent here a little bit, but... I've watched, this is actually one of the coolest things I've ever watched in the wild, ravens that uh, have found a dead bison carcass. And they can't get into this carcass. They can only, like, maybe go over and peck at its eyes or something. But they know that within this really thick hide that there's a lot more food. And they will lure the bear towards this carcass if the bear can't sense it on its own, knowing that if that bear gets there, it will be the can opener to open up that awesome amount of food that the ravens can partake in and so yeah it's one of those real cool like relationships between two different species that i've watched out in a while too uh nature's camper you probably won't have to worry about a grizzly bear raiding your campsite at least not if you live in most parts of the united states you'll find grizzlies in alaska but in the lower 48 states grizzly bears pretty much stick to the western part of montana northern wyoming and parts of idaho with a very small population coming down into the cascades of washington if a grizzly bear does find your food, though, then there's a reason it may want to dig in. You know, an adult male grizzly like Bart, for example, a 1,400-pound bear, he can eat 40 pounds of food a day. <laughs> you know, so to put that in the and, uh, you know, perspective, it's like a giant dog bag of dog food is 40 pounds, roughly, and that is what that bear is eating every single day. You know, he's not eating dog food. He's eating things like 
blueberries and grapes and apples and oranges and salmon and, you know, big, big fillets of beef. So, yeah, the, the bill is not cheap. <laughs> Talk about a steep grocery bill. 40 pounds of food. If you were listening closely, you might have noticed Casey name dropping a bear named Bart. Bart is one of three grizzlies who will be featured on a brand new TV show along with Casey Anderson. The show is called Man vs. Bear, and it's an all-new competition series pitting humans against powerful grizzlies. Casey will be back on Curiosity Daily tomorrow to talk about why he thinks the show will be a great thing for grizzly bears. In the meantime, you can watch Man vs. Bear on Discovery Go or catch it on the Discovery Channel Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. So what was so cool about today's episode? Well, trees sink their seed production for basically three reasons. It's energy efficient, it's eco-optimized for the ideal time to do it, and the trees may be talking to each other. I think you know this about me, but plants are so cool. They talk to each other. They have senses that we don't even think about. It's awesome, and I am just in awe of them. I think you know this about me. My life goal is to find the ant wives. Oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> I also thought it was cool that bears can use tools. And that thing about ravens luring bears to bison carcasses to get more food is wild. Also, an adult male grizzly can eat 40 pounds of food per day. My boyfriend always uses a bag of dog food as a reference to 30 to 40 pounds. And so I found it really interesting that Casey Anderson talked about like, yeah, a bag of dog food a day. I guess that's a I guess that's a a metric that people use. (laughs) Today's first story was written by Emily Moran for The Conversation and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.